1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: This is Chicago's news, traffic, and weather station. News Radio 105.9. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
0: It's 12.03 on August 8th, 2022. Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for the Monday edition of the WBBM Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. As kids head off to college, it's important that they be prepared to handle their finances. We'll cover that in our next segment, but right now, key reports reflecting inflation are due out this week, along with more analysis of the budget bill that's now cleared the Senate. We're joined by Bob Brusca, Chief Economist at Fact and Opinion Economics based in New York. Bob, inflation is sort of the undertone in all of the reports that we're looking at this week, but what are some of the big things to keep an eye on?
3: Yeah, well, you're right. Um... Beginning tomorrow, we've got uh, this, this survey from the NFIB, the National Federation of Independent Businesses, and that these are basically, we call them small businesses. Some of them aren't so small, but it's a great survey, and it has a lot of different information about the economy and inflation and the labor market, and so that's a really good report. And then, as you mentioned, the CPI and the PPI come up later in the week, and then at the week's end, uh, we have uh, consumer sentiment from the University of Michigan that has uh, an inflation expectations component that the Federal Reserve looks at. Uh, On Tuesday, of course, we also have the productivity and unit labor costs reports that look back. And those are going to be really terrible reports. We have a big decline in productivity, a huge increase in unit labor costs. uh, And that's not the kind of thing we want to see ahead of getting inflation reports. So if these inflation reports turn out to be bad this week, it's going to put the Fed in a really, really bad position.
0: Well, that was going to be my follow-up question, is Is would this dictate perhaps another 75-basis-point rate hike from the Fed?
3: Uh, you know, that's hard to say. Right now, the Fed doesn't meet until, you know, they're not meeting until late in September, September 2021, 20, I believe. Um, and if they get bad news in these reports, they may not want to wait that long. And they may decide to do something sooner, but... Uh, it's hard to know what would be bad enough. I mean, the year-over-year inflation rates are already very, very high. We are expecting some back-off in inflation because globally commodity prices, oil prices have come down. But as we saw last week, you know, economists forecast things and the statistics laugh. You know, we had a huge increase in jobs that economists didn't see coming. So if we think there's going to be good inflation numbers, and we don't get them. Instead, we get bad ones. That's what could put the Fed behind the eight ball, not so much just because the rate's going to be high. We know the inflation rate's going to be high, even if we get the kind of numbers we expect. But if we get something unexpected, Katie, by the door. (laughs) And
0: and what's your advice for for investors, uh, depending on on the outcome of some of these reports?
3: Uh, Just to be nimble, I think it's a good time to be defensive. Uh, The Fed is going to raise rates. They're going to continue to raise rates for a while. I know the market's been talking about this idea of a pivot as though the Fed's going to stop soon, but I don't think the Fed's going to stop soon. The Fed has a very high inflation rate to chase. They need to get the federal funds rate up a lot higher. They need to keep it there and watch and see what happens. Um, It's going to be painful. There isn't a painless way to do this, and just because you think the Fed wants a soft landing doesn't mean that they're going to act soft-headed.
0: Thanks so much, Bob Bruska, chief economist at Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. Coming up, we'll talk about preparing those college-bound students for the financial responsibilities—not just the academic ones—that they may be encountering.
2: Financial planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Well, as students are heading back to college, or in some cases, making their first journey onto campus, either way, it's important for them to have the financial education they need to be on their own. Let's get some help from Craig Bolanos, founding and Chief Executive Officer of Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Craig, it's one thing to think about financing the education itself, but once you're there, you got to have your money affairs in order. Any tips for us this afternoon?
4: Well, having gone to college, Rachel, and having two boys currently in college, I'm Oof. qualified to answer, absolutely. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be ramen noodles, but certainly all students are going to get to that point where they have three weeks worth of money and four weeks of bills. So there's a couple of things they should stay away from. And the first is you got to be responsible for the credit cards. Gone are the days of signing in at move-in for the dorm and getting bombarded with T-shirts, towels, and free soft drinks to sign up for a credit card. But the students are still going to get mailed credit offers day in and day out, and we just need to be careful about how we use credit Credit responsibly for M M&E, and thats meals and entertainment.
0: And uh, I also think that you, you sort of mentioned that that there are some there used to be at least perks when you'd sign up for a credit card, but there are some other uh, perks for students that they could take advantage of financially.
4: Well, and sometimes, and I've ran into this with my boys, Connor and Gavin. If you're listening, use your student discount for <laughs> everything. Do not be afraid to ask in on college campuses and in the surrounding towns make sure even if you have a mustache yes you too probably are a student (laughs) ask for the discount and make sure you get it
0: and uh, uh okay i also uh you know went to college and uh realized that money goes a lot quicker than i thought it would uh something i wish someone would have told me is is if you're maybe still in high school start saving now now's the time set that money aside
4: You've got listen even in college you have to have some framework of a budget because if you don't have a framework of a budget if you don't tell your money where to go you're going to be left wondering where it went and it's never too early to start beginning good habits so i think get the debit card be responsible with credit. Start saving money early. The summer work matters. Holiday work matters. You're absolutely right, Rachel. You would want to make sure that you don't end up graduating upside down and get too intimidated when the real world comes.
0: For those in college, uh, you're welcome for attending the College Finance 101 from Craig Bolanos, founding partner and chief executive officer of Wealth Management Group in Inverness and Downers Grove. Up next, gauging the impact of the new budget bill that's on the market for electric vehicles.
2: Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: The Inflation Reduction Act has now cleared the Senate. It's on track for final approval from the House this week. Let's discuss the likely impact it has on the automotive industry with Jeff Gilbert. He's a CBS auto reporter based in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, Jeff, this was sort of uh, marketed as uh, a heaven for those who own EVs but let's uh, let's break down what it really means here.
1: Uh, yeah, the, the biggest part of this is a $7500 credit for people who buy new EVs, and up to $4,000 for those who buy used EVs. But there are a ton of strings attached.
0: Yeah, and what are some of those stipulations? There's certain requirements uh, about the vehicle itself, standards it has to meet.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the vehicle has to be assembled in North America, and a certain amount of the minerals that go into the EV battery have to be sourced here in North America and that's where part of the rub is because a lot of these minerals are sourced elsewhere and, and car makers are just really getting Getting the material together to to source it in the U.S., it's going to take several years for that. The other is there are some restrictions on the income of people who would buy these EVs. High-income people who tend to be more attracted to electric vehicles won't be eligible, and more expensive electric vehicles won't be eligible.
0: Are Are there automakers right now who meet all of these standards? there there are a number of vehicles that do one
1: trade group says at this particular point and realize there could be some changes in the house maybe about 30% of evs on sale now would actually you know be eligible for for the requirements so that that could be very difficult and some of the car makers are saying look we're trying to source these minerals locally it's going to take us some time but now is when we need the help in the way of the ev credits
0: and well, and I think part of the goal here, too, is to, to help scale up U.S. domestic production of, of some of those supply chain products, specifically batteries. That seems to be something that's that's never we can never get enough of when it comes to EVs.
1: Right, right, and particularly the material the battery is made out of. And, and, and again, for, for many people, that, that is a very noble cause to try to get more of this done in America. And what, what the car makers are saying is we're trying to do that. But, you know, you just can't open a lithium mine overnight.
0: Understandably so. Thanks so much, Jeff Gilbert, CBS Auto Reporter based in Detroit. Still ahead, a pair of investment ideas for our Stock Picker Monday. Temp check.
2: What kind of summer are we having this year? This is Chicago's News, Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
0: Good afternoon and thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Pearson filling in for Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A sentence is handed down in the federal hate crime trial of the gunman in the Ahmaud Arbery case. A long-debated federal budget bill is now headed to the U.S. House. We'll also examine some of the impact that legislation could have on investors and the economy, plus it's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a couple of suggestions from an investing pro. WBBM Business, the markets are mixed. The Dow up 28 points, the Nasdaq up by 4, and the S&P 500 down just one point. AccuWeather says some lingering rain showers today, a high of 82. Temperatures will then stay steady in the 70s by afternoon. Partly cloudy tonight, low 64. Then the sunshine returns tomorrow with a high of 77 degrees. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Travis McMichael has been sentenced to life in prison without parole for committing a federal hate crime when he killed 25-year-old Maude Arbery in February of 2020. Arbery's mother, Wanda Cooper-Jones, attended today's hearing.
2: I'm very proud to say that we finally got justice for Maude on the federal level.
0: McMichael has already been sentenced to life in prison without parole on state murder charges. His father and a neighbor received that same punishment. Democrats hope to have the Inflation Reduction Act ready for President Biden to sign by the end of the week. The Senate has approved the economic package despite strong objection from Republicans. More from CBS's Skyler Henry on what Democrats say the bill will accomplish.
5: Democrats say the bill's green initiatives will provide tax credits to those who buy electric vehicles and for companies that make solar panels and wind turbines. They also argue it will reduce health care costs, especially for seniors, including allowing Medicare to negotiate lower prices on prescription drugs.
0: House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says her chamber would, quote, move swiftly to send the bill to President Biden's desk.
2: The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
0: Well, the markets are somewhat struggling to find a direction today. We're joined by Paul Nolte, Portfolio Manager of Kingsview Asset Management here in Chicago. Paul, uh, we're seeing we started a little bit of a stronger start to the markets today. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what was driving those gains and now why it's wavering.
6: Yeah, I think some of it has to do with a little bit of a carryover from Friday on the very strong jobs data that we got. And I think now investors are starting to look forward to the CPI and PPI, the inflation data that's due out Wednesday and Thursday this week, and are a little apprehensive about what that might show. Certainly, we expect inflation to come down from the very high levels, but getting from 9 to maybe 5 or 6% is pretty relatively easy, but getting the, from that 5 to 6% down to the Fed's target of 2% is going to be very difficult.
0: We're also seeing some uh, chip stocks weighing in on the market today with uh, an announcement from NVIDIA. Can you help us sort of understand that?
6: Yeah, that one, you know, it's interesting because they came out and the big key for them were the margins. So the margins were running about 60%. Now the margins are at 40%. And what that basically means is the cost that they have their input costs, they're not able to pay on, pass on to the, their consumers. So they're having to eat some of that inflation, and that means lower earnings. And we've seen it from a variety of other companies and other industries as well, as those higher prices, some of those companies are not being able to pass along to the consumers. So that means lower earnings per share.
0: Let's talk about uh, meme stocks, and specifically, what is happening with Bed, Bath, and Beyond today? I'm looking at it; it's up uh, almost forty percent today.
6: Oh, there a lot of them are up multiple, uh, are up ten percent or, or more today, and it, it those tend to ebb and flow, you know. So you you see it on the the Reddit boards or the the, the um, different posts that are made those are also heavily shorted. So, a lot of those stocks, some investors are betting will go to zero, eventually be bankrupt, and so they don't trade too terribly much. So, when you start having a lot of people coming in to buy, It forces people that are short to cover. And that's where you get these outside moves. It's not fundamentally based. So it it tends to be a little bit more casino-like when we start looking at some of those stocks. It's not based on what the companies are doing, their revenue or earnings. It is really based on supply and demand of the shares that are available. And that's where you get these outside moves.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the push and pull between value and growth. I know growth has had a really good uh, run in the last month or so.
6: It has it has had a great decade actually coming into this year, and value has been uh, winning that war. Uh, a lot of the growth was down over 30 percent coming into the end of, or middle part of June. Growth has recovered, and I think part of it is just uh, the fact that they've gotten pushed down so much. A lot of investors looked at companies like Apple, Amazon, et cetera, and thought, you know, they've come down 20, 30, 40% in some cases. Probably a good idea to buy the dip here. And that's what we've seen since June. Interest rates have come down with inflation maybe coming down a little bit. Investors feel uh, comfortable at least rotating back to growth. We think, though, over the longer term, maybe the next three to five years, value probably will be winning because those all tend to revert to the mean over a long period of time. So, yes, we do get these short moves where growth will outperform value, but we think over the longer term, value should be
0: the big winner. And just real quickly here, what's your advice to investors this week as we see a number of inflation readings come out?
6: Probably not to get too terribly excited about it. Uh, we think that the markets are the Fed is going to be raising interest rates, uh, and I don't think the inflation data is really going to change it too terribly much. But again, take a look at at stocks that you're interested in owning, that you're comfortable in owning at a certain price. Pick your price. Be patient. Don't have to chase, like some of the meme stocks, don't have to chase the markets here. So be patient, wait for your points, and, and buy in then.
0: That's Paul Nolte, Portfolio Manager of Kingsview Asset Management here in Chicago. Up next, a look at the new federal budget bill in the context of the economy and investing.
2: Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
0: The Senate has passed a budget bill that's expected to easily clear the House, then go to President Biden's desk for final approval. So let's take a look at what it contains and its potential impact on the economy and investing with Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital here in Chicago. Jack, Earlier in the show, we sort of touched on the electric vehicle portion of this bill. But let's talk about uh, some other maybe winners and losers, assuming the passage of this bill.
5: Sure. Um, Yeah, let's talk taxes, because I think there's certainly going to be some winners, uh, maybe not too many winners, but losers and then those that perhaps insulated from uh, some of these new uh, tax proposals.
0: And and, uh, again, I know uh, there's been already some speculation from some big companies, uh, specifically uh, uh, Tesla, Elon Musk, uh, sort of making some predictions there, and uh, even Amazon likely to maybe pay some more taxes, too.
5: Yeah, so let's take a look. If we just draw a line at 15 percent, so the 15 percent minimum tax would be uh, applied to companies who uh, report a billion in profits annually uh, and are profitable. Um, And so, for example, Walt Disney, uh, their current effective tax rate right now is one percent. IBM, their current effective tax rate is two point six percent. Boston Scientific, you get the drift drift here. Bank of America, even five point nine percent effective tax rate. So you can see there are going to be a fair number of high profile companies uh, in fact we calculated roughly 150 companies out of the S&P 500 whose effective tax rate is less than 15%. Wow. So there will be some impact there.
0: A drastic impact. That's not that's not a little bump, is it? No, I mean uh, to you
5: know to go from 1% to 15% is a is a big number. And I think part of it is the fact that companies report differently to their shareholders than they do to the IRS. And I think the IRS uh, and the government is going to effectively change that. The the other um, tax uh, that's out on the table with this new Senate uh, bill is the buyback tax. So this would be a 1% tax on any uh, incremental buyback. So if companies issue shares, it would be net of the issuance uh, outstanding. And here, um, you know, we looked at, uh, companies, or uh, at least um, some of the biggest companies with the, the biggest share buybacks. And you'd think in terms of sh- percentage of shares outstanding that Apple would be you know, one of the big ones, but really not because they have so many shares outstanding. A company like Hewlett-Packard, for example, retired 16% of its shares outstanding during the course of 2021. Um, AutoZone, Oracle, eBay, uh, names that you wouldn't necessarily think of Uh, On the top of your list, but this would, I I believe, could change the way um, management handles these buybacks. They will likely shift more toward dividends, which um, obviously are are taxable in the year they're received rather than buybacks, which can be kind of deferred and not paid until, you know, some capital gains rate down the line. So I I do think we're going to see a shift in how uh, companies um, kind of reward their shareholders
1: in that regard.
0: Sure. Thanks so much. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital based here in Chicago. You can join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday. And still to come, it's Stock Picker Monday.
2: Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
0: And it's Stock Picker Monday. Helping us out this afternoon is Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecasts newsletter based in Hammond, Indiana. Chuck, great to have you with us. What's your first pick?
7: The first pick is a small cap uh, company. The name is Photronics. The symbol is PLAB, P-L-A-B. The stock trades for a hair under $24 a share. They make photo masks, which are used basically in the manufacturing of semiconductors. So it is a semiconductor play. The one thing that's different with Photronics than other semiconductor plays is that its stock is held up extremely well. And it's trading not that far off its 52-week high. Uh, Despite that resiliency, you can still buy the stock at at 12 times its 2022 earnings estimates. And those earnings estimates have actually been rising for the company here over the last 60 days. So it's a firm that has good operating momentum, good earnings estimate trends, and you can still buy at a cheap price. Uh, Again, that's Photronics, symbol P-L-A-B. It trades for $23.87.
0: And your second pick.
7: Second pick is a a much larger company, uh, Danaher. The symbol is DHR. Stock trades for about $288 a share. It's a $200 billion company. Danaher is involved in the life sciences, diagnostics, and environmental and applied solutions industries. They make tools and, and products that are used in those industries uh one of the tools they make is COVID testing and that's an area that is probably going to decline a bit for the company but despite that the firm is still looking at earnings growth this year and next uh the latest quarter here the june quarter was a, a, a very strong for the company they beat the earnings estimate by 42 cents they also beat the the revenue estimate by uh, by a large amount as well uh, Good earnings momentum, and and it's a stock I think is for the times here because I think growth stocks will probably be among the market leaders here for the remainder of the year. And this is kind of a nice way to play, to, to play growth stocks without buying those really crazy overvalued stocks. So that's Danaher, symbols, DHR trades for $288 per share, and, and my company and our and investors own both of these stocks.
0: Thanks so much, Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services based in Hammond, Indiana. You'll find past programs and later today, a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and on the Odyssey app.
4: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.